Let's thank our team today. Thank you so much, guys, and also our tech guys and everybody else working so hard. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's really give them a, a New Year thank offering today. Please be seated. Happy New Year to you, every one of you. A little bit delayed, have we heard today, but you know, God is still on the throne. Say amen with me. You know, we can, we can be a bit more expressive now. We can sing and hopefully eventually the mass soon will maybe come off. We'll see. But we can still sing behind them, can't we? And um, well, our, our new theme is on pause and pray. And um, I'm really excited about um, our new theme, which was planned last year. But over the Christmas period and before that, um, on the 24th of December, I, uh, COVID eventually cut up with me after two and a half years of not having it. Uh, Christmas Eve ended up with COVID, so that was a great Christmas. And Linda uh, twisted her ankle last week, so she's at home. So Linda, I love you. Keep going. You'll be back soon. But over that time, it was amazing that we actually could pause and pray. And uh, the Holy Spirit really was speaking to my heart about our, this year for our church. And uh, I do really believe that we are going to see God move in extraordinary ways in our lives. I realize that we, can, we have to partner with God and we have to do our bit. But you know, there's just some things that we cannot do without God. And I know for many of you, and if we can put some lights on, because I'd love to see who's in the house today, that would be awesome. I know for many of us that we may need a supernatural breakthrough. And so we're going to be believing God. And I do believe by the end of this year, we're going to have testimonies of where we can, we can give, tell people what God has done supernaturally in our lives because we've just asked him to get involved. If you're here today, and obviously you're online, you have things in your life that you need a miracle for. But we can ask of God, who is a God of miracles. And there is nothing too hard for him in our lives. Now, you may have lost hope, but I want to tell you in God that all things are possible. So I want to start and kick off to talk to you about somebody called Gideon in the Bible, which then will lead me into our theme so what I'm going to speak to you today is what we're going to talk about over the next six months, probably the themes that I want to bring to us as a church. And obviously this January and February is prayer, but, but Gideon seems to, to have brought out from chapter six of some of the things that we need to really lean into in 2022. So let me continue before I read the scriptures. A little boy was kneeling beside his bed and his mother and grandmother had, were softly um, saying his prayers. Dear God, please bless mummy and daddy and all the family. And please give me a good night's sleep. Suddenly he looked up and shouted, And don't forget to give me the bicycle for my birthday. There is no need to shout like that, said his mother. God isn't deaf. No, said the little boy, but my grandmother is. <laughs> you know, sometimes we think that we have to be super spiritual for God to be intervene in our lives. But actually, 
It's not really so much about us, but it's about the person that we're praying to. That I know in my own life, in my prayer life, it's the times where I have had less to say from my mouth and more cries from my heart where God intervened. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees who babble continually with their long, fancy words. But when you pray, get to the point. Because as we've heard earlier about our giving, it's about the heart. And God responds to hearts, honesty and openness. And some of the biggest times that God's intervened into my life is when I've actually just had, oh God, help me. When there was nothing else to pray and don't know which way to turn, it's, oh God, help me. And it's amazing how God responds to that kind of cry. So let's just go. I want to actually not read all the scriptures in chapter 6, but it would be good for you to read chapter 6 of Judges when you get some time. I know there's one particular passage that I put on the screen. Let me read that to you, and I, want to, I will talk you through the, the whole passage of chapter, chapter 6 and just help us to understand what I think is really needed for us as a church and also for us as individuals. Chapter 6, verse 25 says, The same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah poles besides it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. Let me tell you about this story. In those, in those days where God raised up people and they were called judges to lead the people of God. When the, the judge who was in, in lead began to turn away from the things of God, then the enemy would take over the people of God and they would begin to actually deflourish in their lives. Every time God brought a new judge in place, if they would lean into God, then God began to deliver them and bring them hope and blessing. In this particular passage, in chapter 6 of Judges, it says the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. And so because all of a sudden we hear, before you read this passage, in between chapter 6, we have before this, as you read it, it says, and Israel had peace for 40 years. At the end of chapter 6, and it says, while Gideon was ruler, Israel had peace for 40 years. Right in the middle of chapter 6, there is peace for 40 years before it and peace for 40 years after it. But in the middle, there are seven years where the enemy did what they wanted with the people of God. When you reach through chapter 6, you can see what was missing. And God said to Gideon, interesting story, that this man Gideon was actually in a wine press treading out wheat. He was feared of his life from the enemy. And when you read chapter 6, it says the people of God were hidden caves and they were impoverished. Every time they tried to reap a harvest, the enemy would come and he would ruin the harvest. Have you ever felt like that in your Christian walk? That every time you try and achieve something, something just knocks you off your feet and it all seems to go backwards. 
I'm not saying now that, that you are in rebellion to God, but I just wonder if there are some things in our life that we need to reestablish as we go into 2022. God said to Gideon, I want you to go to your father's house and I want you to pull down the wrong kind of altars. And I want you to reestablish the right kind of altars. And then when you do that, I believe that you would see the blessing of God in your life. And you begin to see the pattern of what Gideon did. This interesting part of this story is, so here's a man hiding in a wine press. And the, and the people of God are being tormented by the enemy. Nothing's going right for them. And for seven years, they're in misery. But then, as you read in the first few verses, it says, then Israel cried out to God. The first pour of any kind of restoration or revival is prayer. If we want to see a move of God in our lives and in our church, then we must make sure that the altar of prayer is priority not only in the church, but also in your own private life. Interesting enough that God said to Gideon, I want you to go to your father's house and take down the wrong kind of altars and reestablish the right ones. Let me just say to you personally that anything that happens in your life, when God begins to move, it must start in your own heart. It must start in your own house. You cannot expect to take territory outside of your house if you haven't got the right kind of altars inside your house. And so what I want to challenge us as a church, that as we walk through the next few weeks and months, that the Holy Spirit will help us to tear down the wrong kind of altars that we've established or allowed in our homes and in our hearts, and we will tear them down and we will build proper kind of altars to God. That's what God wants from our lives. So what kind of altars were needed to pull down and what kind of altars were needed to be erected for God to begin to move? When you look through the story, this man was in fear of his life. But God, after they cried out to God, the few things that happened, if you read the story, it says, and then God sent them a prophet. You know, God does not work any different in our lives when we, get, when we come to deliverance. Let me tell you something. You have to start with prayer. And then what comes next after prayer is the Word of God. So when they cried out to God, God sent them a prophet. In other words, He sent them to remind them of what God already did in their lives. He reminded them about taking them out of Egypt. And so if you want any kind of movement in your life and in your future, you must have the, 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 the Word of God and prayer totally actually cemented to your walk with God. The altar of prayer and the altar of the Word of God must be established in your heart and in your home. It must be a living sacrifice. And so he's a builder of proper kind of altars. Altars are mentioned over 400 times and 20 odd times in the New Testament. And there are places where we meet with God where something of interaction, and it talks about a place of slaughter. That's what it means. And the, fi the final altar that was done for us when Jesus died on the cross, he made an altar before God by laying his life down on a cross so we could be forgiven of all our sins and come into a relationship with God. But for the Christian today, God still works in partnership. And so they cried out to God. Then he sent them a prophet. 
to remind them about what God already did in their lives. And I don't know about you, but in COVID time, I wonder what kind of altars that you've allowed to be erected in your private life and what has come down. Is the altar of prayer still there? I don't want to bring condemnation on us. But I want to say, interesting enough, that the altars of prayer and the altars of, of the Word of God in our lives can, can easily be dismantled. And things can take the place of those things in our walk with God. And we must make them priority in 2022. That we must make sure that we build in altars of prayer in our lives and building altars of the word. Those two things cannot allow the enemy to dismantle. And God said, I want you to go to your father's house, and I want you to tear down the wrong kind of altars, and I want you to reestablish the right kind of altars. And I believe that the Holy Spirit would speak to us and those online, and you know in your life that there are some things in your life that are not right before God. And you have to tear them down. It's you that have to do it. You can't blame the devil, you can't blame your spouse, and you can't blame your church. You are responsible for your own heart and your own walk with God, and you must make sure you protect the kind of altars that God responds to in our lives. So he said to Gideon, I want you to do something for me. I'm going to deliver my people, but I'm going to do it through you. Do you know, your deliverance, even though God will do supernatural things, he'll always do it through people. Your deliverance that you'll be a part of your breakthrough. You'll be a part of your future inheritance. Whatever it is that you need in your life this year, that God wants to partner with you so you can uh, walk with him and see victory in your own life. But we must have the right kind of altars in our lives, the places of sacrifice that we must come to. You know, Lee mentioned it about, it's about our, our commitment to God. It's about putting our lives on the altar. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. And I want to ask you, what, what kind of altars is it in your life? What is it that God may be speaking to you and say, do you know something, where's the altar of prayer gone? In your life, what has robbed the altar? What has re what has took the place of having time with me? Is it that business plan? Is it that activity? Is it whatever it is? Something has been erected and taken the place of that altar of your walk with Jesus, the Word of God. And then he says to them, "If you read the story, it's amazing what happens." So. So then God sends a prophet, but then it's amazing, then God sends an angel. And, and God, God, God sends an angel to Gideon because he's still like not understanding that God's going to use him for the miracle in his life. And, and so he said to him, you know, Gideon, I want you to, to go to your father's house because it's really important. And I want you to tear down those, those wrong kind of altars and I want you to reestablish the right kinds. And Gideon's thinking, that, well, how, how's that going to happen? And so, so God sends him an angel. Uh, and what we need in our lives is we need supernatural encounters of God in our lives. We just, can't, we just can't rely on our own effort. We need a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit engaging. When we call on God, when we live in the Word, we want encounters with God that God will help us move from a place of fear and hiding so we can come out of the wine press and take territory and, and, and overcome the enemy in our lives. But we're going to need the Holy Spirit. 
We're going to need his power and his presence and his reality. But it, and so the next thing that happens is that the angel comes and says, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. See, the, the problem is with the church and sometimes in our life, we haven't got a good altar of self-esteem. We, 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 we allow the enemy and other people to tear down the altar of who we are in Christ. Many times when God speaks to us, well, I can't do that, I'm not good enough. And when God spoke to Gideon, he says, you know, you're, you're going to be the greatest leader in this time and you're going to lead these people. And he says, but who am I? I'm the weakest in my family. Interesting when God speaks to us that we always try and fob off that we can't do it, we're not good enough, we're not called enough, we're not anointed enough. And God says, no, I want to use you, but I've got to help you renew your mind in who you are in me. You're a mighty man of valor. And, and he's in the wine press, he looks around, he went, who, me? You can't be talking to me because I am the least in my family, I am the weakest. And then he goes off on one and talks about how God is no longer doing miracles anymore. How could God allow this to happen to me? See, the problem with us in our lives is that we not only minimize who we are in Christ, we also bring God down lower than who he really is. And if we're going to build the right kind of altars in our life, then we've got to get a proper image of who we are in Jesus. That we are more than conquerors, that we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. We, we have to understand that we are his children, that we are his co-heirs with him and we are seated with him in heavenly places and that and that we that that he loves us unconditionally and even though we're not perfect God laid his life down on the cross so I can come into relationship with him and so we have to bring to re-establish the altars of our identity in Christ that that I am a new creation the old has gone and the new has come you know if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation. And maybe you've walked in church today and maybe you're online and you feel like a rat in the kingdom of God. But I want to speak life into you just as the angel did and said, you know what, you're a mighty man or you're a mighty woman or you're a mighty young person, old person of God. And he wants to do great things for your life. But you have to believe what God says about you, not what you say about you. Gideon, you're a mighty man. He went, you can't be talking to me. And then he said, but why has God allowed all these things? Where's all the signs and wonders gone? Where's all the miracles? See, see, the problem with Gideon was he had a bad self-image about himself and he had a wrong image about God. It wasn't God that, that took the Israelites where they were. It was the Israelites, disobedience to God, that ended up being overtaken by the enemy. And so once God tried to deal with his identity, then what happens, it's amazing what happens. So here's a man that's full of unbelief and doesn't believe in himself, doesn't believe in God. But because the angel talked to him, a supernatural encounter with the Lord, something happens in Gideon's heart. He said, just wait here. I'm going to bring back an offering. Isn't it amazing that when God does something in your life, the only thing you can respond to God is with an offering, with your life. And what I like about chapter 6 is that when Gideon went to bring the angel back an offering and the angel says I'm going to sit here and wait for you to return do you know something the Lord has been sitting for a long time for a lot of Christians to wait for them to return their giving to him return to me says the Lord and I'll return to you we have to establish an altar of generosity in our lives. 
that we have to make sure that we give what belongs to God. And there are many things in our lives financially that we allow the enemy and we put the wrong kind of altars up. In other words, we spend things on stuff that we want, but we never return what belongs to God. Because that's the right kind of altar and it starts in the home and it starts in your own heart. So Gideon comes back with an offering. What I like about Gideon was he didn't give the wheat that he was pressing. He gave the best of his meat to God. And once he released the offering, it was an altar of offering. He brought back to God what belonged to him, what he deserved. It was then a supernatural touch came on the offering and God did something miraculous and fire came. There are some things in our life that can't be released from heaven unless we walk in obedience in our lives. You know, the Bible says in Malachi, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and then I'll open the floodgates of heaven. See, sometimes heaven can't open and bring supernatural provision because we resist in actually bringing the right kind of altar to God. And so he brought an offering. When you read this story, it's fascinating. He brought an offering to God and he began to get his identity right. And then God says, right now I want you to go and tear down your father's altar. It was a big ask for him because this is the altar of obedience. Nothing will happen in our lives if we don't take steps of obedience. When God speaks to you, he looks not for your perfection, but he looks for your obedience. It was a big ask for Gideon to go to his dad's house and tear down these altars. This wasn't little tiny little idols. These are massive big altars that he would have to hit with an hammer or sledgehammer and knock them down. This was such an ask. And Gideon was smart enough to know that he couldn't do it on his own. So he asked his servants to help him to go in the night because he was scared about going in the day. See, even when we're walking in obedience, we can still be full of fear. But as long as we keep walking in obedience, that's what really matters. So he went by night with his servants. And this altar I call is the altar of strong relationships. You will never achieve God's purpose on your own. It's going to take some friends to help you walk in obedience, to remind you what we should be doing in God. He couldn't have done that thing on his own. He needed his servants to come around him and help him go in the night into his dad's house and bring down those wrong kind of altars and establish some new kinds of altars. Interesting enough, he said, I want you to sacrifice your dad's bull at seven years old. A year for every year of disobedience. Seven years they were disobedient. And I want you to sacrifice a bull at seven years old. What does that say to you today? You could have messed up your life the last seven years, but God's blood is enough to forgive you and give you a brand new start today. His sacrifice on the cross is enough to take any disobedience from your past and help you soar into the future as you yield into him. And so God said, I want you to start to build some proper kind of altars. And the first altar was the altar of prayer. And that's what I believe I'm going to finish on right now. How can we do that? How, how can we, as a church, begin to take our year 
and make this year the best year of covered prayer for our church. To see the supernatural be released like never before. I really believe that we have to go to another level in our prayer life, in the church, in many ways, and we can do it loads of different ways. And one thing that I've put together over this last 10 days while I've been in isolation is a, is a little booklet that we're going to get printed next week and we're all going to go on a journey because these are the themes that we're going to preach about for the next seven weeks that's in these few pages. It's called 107 Prayer. <clears throat> and I made it up. 107 Prayer, what does that mean? Do you know, if I were to say to you, if I, if, if, if I were to get one person and say to that one person, if you could lock yourself in a room and pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a full year, I would say that was too much to ask, wouldn't you? I'm not sure that we could do it. But if I said to you, if 144 people would commit to 10 minutes of prayer every day for seven days, for a year, do you know that adds up to 365 days of solid prayer? 10 minutes a day, 144 people all coming together. That means it's one year of solid prayer for you and for our church. How do we do that? So simple. You know, I looked and I did all the calculations and I thought I must be going, I've got nothing else to do with my life, only trying to add up how many minutes would make a day of prayer. Listen, one person, 10 minutes a day, seven days a week, one year, is two days and 12 hours and 50 minutes of prayer. It doesn't seem a lot, but if every one of us can come together, 144 people, 10 minutes a day, seven days a week, one year, is 365 days of solid prayer in our church. I believe we can do it with ease. So, what would, so as I put this together, Sunday, when you look to your, your page, when you get this, Sunday is you're praying for your in-person and your online services. And you've got scriptures on the other side to, to, to speak of 10 minutes only. As I was driving in the car today, because I've been writing this in my head, I thought, what is Sunday's prayer, 10 minutes? And the time I got in my car to drive to the altar boy from my house, I prayed 10 minutes about praying for all those that would, who would attend online and in person. Pray for all those serving, praying for the worship team, praying for the word, praying for supernatural signs and wonders. Ten minutes went so fast, but I did it. Monday, when we come to Monday morning, it's praying for personal blessings and supernatural intervention. What you don't realize is that if you are praying for 10 minutes for the church, then 143 people are praying for you, for God to intervene in your life this week. Tuesday, what are we going to pray for? We're going to pray for flourishing relationships in our marriages, with our children, in our church in our society, with our friendship, releasing forgiveness and wholeness and restoration. Ten minutes of prayer gathered together is going to be so powerful. It's going to release the power of God in our church. Wednesday, for provision and protection. 
for God who is a provider to move in your life in supernatural ways, those looking for work, those starting businesses, for creativity, for God's supernatural favor to hit your life in a new way. I believe we can do this with ease because it's not a burden. Ten minutes. Any of us can pray for ten minutes. As you're getting up in the morning on Thursday, what does that look like? Thursday looks like praying for divine healing, mind, body, and emotions. That God, we need God to heal our minds. And, you know, our mental state of mind is so right now rife. And we need God to move in our minds, in our emotions, in our physical healing. You know, we believe that God heals today. And I believe that God is going to do something fresh in our lives. And Friday is praying for our mission. You're going to list some people you want to see saved in your family, in your workplace, and your friends. And we're going to ask God to save them and ask God to use us to be witnesses, to share our testimony. And Saturday, as we come to the last 10 minutes, only 70 minutes of prayer in a week, and everyone can do it. Saturday, you're going to pray for your pastors and all the leaders. Because I want to tell you that we need prayer like nothing else. You know, we're no different to you. We are still people. We still bleed. Do you know that? And we need prayer so much. You know, I remember Jesus saying to Peter, Peter, Satan has tried to sift you as wheat, but don't worry because I have prayed for you. And I, I believe that God is going to do something great with this little manual. But not only that, we're going to have prayer and worship encounter nights in-person gatherings at Gladstone Road. And we're going to call an army of intercessors to come and intercede like never before for our church and our nation and for the people of God. And if you're online, I believe that over this next few weeks that God is going to speak to you and you're going to identify with one of those people that I'm going to be an intercessor. God's going to put a burden on my heart to pray for this church like never before. And God's going to call us together and we're going to meet and we're going to pray and we're going to touch heaven and we're going to see God release his power upon earth. And so... God said it to Gideon, I want you to tear down the wrong kind of altars and I want you to establish the proper kind of altars. All over this building, all online, you know in your life where you are. If you don't know Jesus today, then the one kind of altar that you can actually respond to is an altar of giving your life to him. And saying, do you know what? I don't know about you, but I just feel like Gideon. I'm in a wine press and I don't seem that I'm making any way forward in my life. I feel lonely. I feel empty. I feel insignificant. But then God turns up. Gives him significance. Gives him power. And he becomes one of the greatest leaders that we see in the Old Testament and leads the nation into victory. And I wonder if you're here today, you're online, you're saying, do you know what? I don't know this Jesus. But I want to say to you that he took the first move and he came to earth to die for you on a cross because he loves you. And no matter what you've done in your life and no matter where you've came in today, you feel beat up, you feel like you're the worst of sinners, it doesn't really matter. God loves you and he wants to come into your life and give you a brand new start. How can that happen? Because it's got to be a supernatural thing. It's simple. It starts with a prayer. 
It starts by you asking God from your heart to come into your life. For you saying to God, I've lived my life my own way, but this year I'm going to invite you into my heart so you can lead me. And you can empower me. And you can restore me. And you can forgive me. And you can give me a brand new start. Why don't you stand with me right now? If that's you here today and you know that or online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. See, the thing is that knowing God is a supernatural thing. That he can prove himself. We don't need to manipulate. God is God and he will reveal himself to you if you open your heart to him. We don't do this because we serve a God that's dead. We do this because we serve a God that's alive. Every one of you in this room can do a lot of things today because your time is very important. But the reason that you're here today is because we serve a God that is on the throne and he's alive and he's living and he's still working today. And God wants to resurrect an altar in our lives that God is going to work in your life like never before. But some of you are like Gideon saying, where is God and why has all this happened to me? God is going to move and he's going to show himself strong because he's alive. And we serve a living God, a supernatural God that can weave his way in and out of everything in your life and turn it all together for good. Because he's a God that loves us so much. He's a God of hope. He's a God of the future. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of healing. He's a God of love. God can heal your heart, heal your wounds, forgive you of all your sins. He can heal your body. He can heal your mind. He can heal your broken heart. There is nothing impossible for the God that we serve because Jesus Christ is alive and well. And by His Spirit, I believe even in this service and online that you are going to receive something from God today. That God is going to break into your life. Gideon wasn't asking for God to turn up. Do you know, isn't that amazing? That Gideon was in fear. He wasn't the word of faith Christian. He was the word of fear Christian. But God turned up. Why? Because the people cried out. And there's some things that you can't do for yourself, but we can help you. We can pray for you. We can love you. We can help God put you on the path where you need to go. And so if you're in this place and you're online, you say, I need God in my life. I'm not going to start this year on my own. I need this Jesus. This Jesus that would go to the cross for me and give his life and shed his blood that I can be forgiven of all my sins. And then I can come into a relationship with him. Not only that, I can have the gift of eternal life. If you want to know this Jesus, then you respond from your heart today. And I tell you, a miracle will happen. God will show up in your life. So pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I am sorry for living my life without you. From this day, even though I don't understand everything, I want to put my trust in you. So Lord Jesus, I give you my life. 
I invite you to come into my heart and change me. Fill me right now with your Holy Spirit that I live for you and from this day forward I will not turn back. I will live a life on purpose. I will see you move in my life like I would never believe. So I ask you right now, Lord, to reveal yourself to me. Only you can do that because I believe you died on the cross for me and you rose from the dead on the third day. I give you my life and I live for you from this day forth and I ask it in Jesus' name. I want to tell you with 100% money back guaranteed and I used to be a salesman by the way but this one thing I couldn't guarantee some of the products I sold when I was on the Golden Mile in Blackpool I couldn't guarantee some of that stuff once you bought it you took it home you were never getting your money back here's the thing with Jesus 100% money back guaranteed lifetime guarantee that if you ask the Lord in sincerity from your heart, God will respond to you. God will respond to you. And for those that know the Lord today, listen, we cannot go this year messing about with God. We have to see God move. We have to get, we have to get on fire for God. I'm not saying that you're not going to live normal life. What I'm saying is, God, we want to we wanna tear down the wrong kind of altars and we're going to make sure that our lives are living to please you. We're not going to make any more excuses. We're not going to blame the church. We're not going to blame the, that person in the past. We're not going to blame my job. Lord, we're going to live on fire for you this year and we're going to see God move in power. We're going to see it happen. And Lord, we're going to commit to this 10 minutes thing. You know, it's interesting when God can use something small and multiply it. It's like the five loaves and the few fish. You think 10 minutes, what can God do with that? God can feed a multitude. And that's what's going to happen with us this year. God's going to anoint this little pamphlet and we're going to see God move in your life like never before. I want to pray for you. And then I want you to pray for yourself. And maybe for the person next to you, if you're comfortable to do that. Because I want to tell you something. God doesn't only just answer pastor's prayers. He answers everyone's prayers that's sincere. So could you, as, as Lee said earlier, just let, let's lift our hands to God. Because guys, this isn't just a worship service. We go for the motions and we do the stuff and we go home. We need a move of God. End of. End of, folks. We need God in our nation. We need God in our, in our homes. We need God in our heart. We need a move of God like never before. And I tell you, I am desperate that I cannot continue without God moving in power. So, Lord Jesus, whether we've come empty half full or on fire. It doesn't matter. Lord, we declare at the beginning of this new year in this first service live 
that we ask you to help us to build the proper kind of altars that will allow the fire of heaven to touch earth in a new way. We ask every family and marriage to be restored. We ask for every financial situation to be opened up and for God's provision and favour to homes and families and children. Lord, we pray for supernatural power of healing. Lord, bodies restored, minds renewed, hearts, Lord God, healed. Father, we, we cannot live with anything second best. And so, Father, as a church, we realign our hearts today. Say, God, would you help us? We cry out, Lord, like the people in the book of Judges. We cry out, God, because without you, we can do nothing. And so, Father, we pray for our nation. We pray for a move of your spirit, just as COVID spread like wildfire and brought death. We pray the Holy Spirit would move in power and bring life. Lord, all over the world and over our, our churches and nations. Lord, we pray, God, for supernatural endowments from heaven like never before. Father God, we call upon you right now. You promised, God, if that your people would call upon your name, would turn from our wicked ways, humble ourselves, then, Lord, you would heal our land. So, Father, we declare that we are not allowing any wrong kind of altars, Lord, to take place in our lives, in our homes, and in our churches. But with the help of the Holy Spirit and the people of God, that we will build proper kind of altars, and we will see God move in a way that we've never saw before. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, would you fill those online? Lord, would you fill everybody in this place afresh? Would you let fire fall from heaven right now for those who are dry, Lord, for those who are weary, Lord, for those who are hopeless. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to move in power, Lord, for those who need healing in their body and in their mind and in their heart. Holy Spirit, we ask you to read and we speak healing over this congregation, over our church, over online the airways. We ask God that you would move by your Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, bring hope today for your people. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to pray for 30 seconds right now for yourself. Say, come on, God. I want you to move fresh in my life this year. Lord, it's your way or no way. Come on, begin to pray over your life. Prophesy over your own life. Come on, you can do it. God's going to do something new in you, fresh in you, like never before. A new season. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray blessing. Lord, we pray divine favour upon your people. Oh, come on, put your hand upon your own head. Come on, do it. Say, Lord, fill me afresh today. Something's going to happen in my life. Something fresh is going to break forth. New things are going to happen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Restoration. Lord, recovery. Lord, divine wholeness. Lord, let it come. In the name of Jesus. Let it come in Jesus' precious name. Amen.